We're going to start a new series today. Uh, beginning of the year, first series of the year, we might as well have some fun. So I'm going to start a new series called Bold Moves. Uh, sometimes you have a, have, we wrestle with what does God want to do in this next year? Anybody here before when the year's coming to an end, a new year's starting, you're like, you know, God, this is what happened in 23. These are things I was grateful for in 2023. These are things that sucked in 2023. <laughs> so then you look ahead, you're like, what is 2024 going to look like? What is it that you want to do in 2024? And I, and I feel like this is a word not just for, for the church, but also for us individually. This is a year of bold moves. This year where the Lord is going to expect or even put us in position to where we are to make bold decisions. Step out in faith. Do things that are outside the norm for us. You're going to give, be given opportunities that are going to say, okay, now I can choose to step out in faith and do something that's completely outside of my normal way of thinking to be obedient to the Lord, or I can just ignore it because it looks like it's just too big or too hard or too difficult or too, not me, right? too hard for me. So we have these opportunities, and I feel like this is where we're at today. So as I share, get into this message today, um, we're going to spend some time today um, in the book of Joshua. But before I do, I want to read this little story, a true story, obviously, but uh, it is regarding a colonel in the United States, in the military, regarding the Civil War, somebody who took a, made a really bold move, which is pretty wild um, when I read it, but it reminds me of something in Scripture, so we'll get to it in just a minute. But Joshua Chamberlain was a student of theology and a professor of, ret of rhetoric, not a soldier. But when duty called, Chamberlain answered. He climbed the ranks and became a colonel in the 20th Maine Voluntary, uh, Volunteer Infantry Regiment, Union Army. On July 2, 1863, Chamberlain and his 300 soldier regiment were all that stood between the Confederates and certain defeat at a battlefield in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. At 2.30 p.m., the 15th and 47th Alabama Infantry Regiments of the Confederate Army charged. But Chamberlain and his men held their ground, then followed a second, third, fourth, and fifth charge. By the last charge, only 80 blues stood standing. Chamberlain himself was knocked down by a bullet that hit his belt buckle. But the 24-year-old school teacher, that's what he was, got right back up. It was his date with destiny. When Sergeant Tozier... Uh, informed Chamberlain that no reinforcements were coming, and his men were were down to around uh, down to one round of ammunition per soldier. Chamberlain knew he needed to act decisively. Their lookout informed Colonel uh, Chamberlain that the Confederates were forming rank. The rational thing to do at this point, with no ammunition, ammunition, no, re no reinforcements, would have been to surrender. But Chamberlain made a defining decision. In full view of, of the enemy, Chamberlain climbed onto their barricade of stones and gave a command. He pointed his sword and yelled, Charge! His men started running at the Confederate army, which vastly outnumbered them. They caught them off guard by executing a great right wheel, and, it what, and in what ranks as one of the most um, improbable victories in military history, 80 Union soldiers captured 4,000 Confederates in five minutes. Historians believe that it, if Chamberlain had not charged, the Confederate army would have gained the, the high ground, won the battle, battle of Gettysburg, and eventually won the war. One man's courage saved the day, saved the war, and saved the Union. 
Imagine what our country would look like if he didn't do that. I started thinking about this, though, for a minute. This guy's sitting there. There's 80 men left. They all have one round of ammunition. You're looking at 4,000 soldiers. I think probably most of us in the room. Like, I know he's a school teacher. He's a pretty tough school teacher. Maybe if your country's on the line, you might do this. But it's like, what should we do here? Let's charge them. Because that makes sense. Like, all 80 of us, we're just going to charge at the... We have one round of ammunition. We have a couple guys that maybe wrestled in school. We could do this. Like, 80 people running, but it caused confusion. It caused them to be, like, kind of caught off, and they're like, what's going on here? kind of reminds me of Gideon with his 300 guys, right? He didn't have enough, but he charged anyway because he knew this is, we had, this is what we have to do. We have to do. We have no choice. I feel like sometimes we're faced with moments where we have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. Am I going to trust God and do what seems impossible or very difficult? Am I going to step out and do something that's bold, or am I going to continue to sit in my comfort? Or continue to sit in my bad habits? Or continue to sit in my current situation? Whatever it might be. So we're going to talk a little bit about Joshua today. Not you. Not you. That's you. Different, totally different one. And um, I'm actually going to end up going through the entire chapter of Joshua chapter 1. But we're going to start with verse number 1. Now, this conversation interested me for a lot of reasons, but we'll get into that. I've preached a thousand times, but not from this standpoint. So now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, cross this Jordan, and all and you, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your footsteps I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and, and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. So this is the, this is the setting. I'm going to turn this way this week too, because a couple weeks ago I was told that I don't talk to you guys enough. It's a natural inclination. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm pulled this way. But I'm, it's, it's just a left arm, I think. You know, like I'm right-handed, so it's naturally easier to turn this way for some reason. It's psychology. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I'm a, here's a setting. Joshua, imagine this. Joshua sitting there. Moses just died. Moses is your leader. Moses has been the leader for 40 years. And now Moses is dead, and God comes to you, Joshua, and tells you, now I want you to get up, and I want you to gather your guys, and you're going to go, and you're going to fight this battle, and you're going to win. All this land's going to be yours. I think about it in Joshua's mindset, because I think in our lives, there are a lot of times are obstacles, things that kind of get in our way of moving forward, making bold moves, accomplishing God's purpose for our life, right? There are things that happen. And I think about Joshua in a situation, I think some of the same things that are things that we would face are things that he would face, Right? So what would be the first obstacle maybe that we face, but also that Joshua probably faced here? God addresses him, tells him you're going to go do this. Joshua's first thought is probably about the last 40 years, the past. Just like a lot of us, God will say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this bold move. Our first thought is, well, based on all of my experiences, I've failed, I have struggled, I've not, I, I, I literally all the time have not succeeded at doing the things that I thought I was supposed to do, right? I never accomplished the things I thought I was supposed to do. So therefore, I automatically count myself out and say, I'm not capable of doing this, so I'm not going to take a bold move because this is just too big and I'm used to failing. Joshua had experienced 40 years of losing. 
Kind of reminds me of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> 40 years of losing, failing, one time after another, things that were happening. And when we are dealing with that kind of a mindset, like this is what happens. The past happens, right? No matter what happens, you can't fix it. You've heard that. Anybody here been to counseling? Counseling is good. You should go do it. I think everybody should have a little bit of counseling, to be honest. But when you go, they're talking about, hey, this is the past. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it, but you can change your perspective of how you see it. And this is the important thing there. I heard this from uh, recently, a guy who, um, it was a really good message. We talked about the very same thing. He talked about how the past can be either defeating or developing. It's up to us. We choose what it becomes. Your past is defeating or developing. So a defeating past would be your past experiences are so bad, they affect you so much, they have so much power in your life because they were so defeating that you can no longer move forward. I can't make decisions. I can't make bold moves because I, I stink, right? This has been my past. My history says it's impossible. Joshua's history said it's impossible. I mean, we would walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. And at one point in time, me and my friend Caleb were going to cross. We were ready. We were ready to go into the promised land. But all these idiots, this, I can imagine this is what Joshua was thinking. Like, all these idiots would not go because there were giants in the land. But I wanted to go, but they held me back from the promised land. There's always something that held us back from the promised land. If it wasn't that, it was other stupid things like building idols. Like, we're just, just going to build an idol and worship the idol instead of God. Right? We're going to not go into land because we're afraid of the giants. We're going to try to rise up against Moses because we don't like how he's doing things, so we're going to be like a renegade army and go against the person who God appointed to be leader. Right? Because that happened. The people are going to complain a lot. And then because of that, snakes are going to come into the camp and bite them. Right? There's a lot of things that happen over and over and over and over again that caused them not to enter the promised land. So here's Joshua. I'm like standing here before God, and God's saying, you go now and do it. Moses is dead. Now there's this thought process that I'm not capable. Like, do you realize what I did, what we've done the last 40 years? Like, you think I'm better than Moses? Because then comes the second obstacle. First obstacle, my past. And by the way, your past can be an obstacle. You can... You can Take the defeats, let them pile up, and all of a sudden get to the point where you're paralyzed and can't do anything because, because of those past experiences, that's just who you are. Or you can develop and say those past experiences are not losses, they're learning lessons. They're opportunities to grow and mature, and I build and I learn and I get better as time goes on. That way later on when I'm faced with an opportunity to make a great step of faith, I have now built the faith to do it. Right? I can, I'm been developed by the Lord and through these circumstances to be able to do what God's called me to do. But the second struggle, the second obstacle is I'm not Moses. And Moses was loved so much so that when he died, they mourned for not like a day or two, but for a while, right? About 30 days, whatever it was, they mourned and they mourned and they mourned. Moses was so great that God buried him himself. Moses was so great that he went to the other side of the mountain and came back with the Ten Commandments, and his face was glowing in the dark. Moses was so great that he went into Egypt, and when he went into Egypt, all he had to do was use a little 
staff and a snake and turns into a snake and all kinds of crazy stuff happens. He walks out with two million slaves or more. Moses, so great when he took that same staff and put it on the Red Sea when he was cornered by the Egyptians, said, Red Sea opens up and you walk over on dry ground. Moses, according to Scripture, knew God face to face. Unlike anybody else. Moses was great. Joshua was like, the past stinked. If Moses, being as awesome as he was, could not accomplish these great things, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm, I'm not Moses. I'm not as great as Moses. Anybody here, I'm asking you questions today. You can answer them if you want. But anybody here, first of all, can admit that some of your past experiences have, have stopped you from moving forward at times. Okay, so anybody here can say your, your view of yourself has stopped you from doing great things at times. Right? This is true. Sometimes it happens. Every one of us are capable of doing that and getting to that place. But this is the things that when you think about the story, how this conversation begins, it's just simple. Moses is dead. Joshua, this is what you're going to do. And Joshua, I can imagine, has all of these thoughts because this is what I would think. I absolutely be thinking, there's just no way. This is ridiculous. There's no chance that I'm ever going to get anywhere with this. So after this little conversation takes place, and this is what happens in Joshua chapter 5, not chapter 5, but verse, chapter 1, verse 5. No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Then again, I automatically think you were with Moses and nothing happened. That would be my thoughts, right? This is kind of what I'm thinking. You're saying the same things, just like you were with Moses. You were with Moses and he didn't get to the promised land, right? I will not desert you nor abandon you. Because it's, it's really easy in my mindset to think that, that even though God is saying certain things that because of my past experiences, because of my view of myself, that I can even not believe God. That I can put myself in a position to where I don't believe myself, but I also don't believe Him because you're with Moses, you're going to be with me, and you expect me to accomplish what Moses doesn't make sense. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, I thought about this. Why is repeated, be strong and courageous? Be strong, it's actually mentioned even more times later on. It's almost like God knows that Joshua is just like us. And he's probably struggling with the idea that he's chosen to go do this right now. And Moses was great and he didn't do it. And he's struggling with his thoughts, like what's happening here. But God is reaffirming, this is the time. Right now is the time. You're going to take these people into the land that I swore their fathers. You're going to accomplish this, but you're going to have to make a move. <laughs> You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to rally the camp. You're going to have to rally the army. You're going to have to get up, and you're going to have to move forward. And when you do, I will be with you. This be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For you will make your way, your way prosperous. For, it, for, when you make, for when you will, you will make your way prosperous. And then you will achieve success. I love that phrase. It's like, you know, meditate on my word day and night. Do not look from it to the left or to the right. The idea that God's put in his mind, be bold, be courageous. But also, my word, <laughs> meditate on it day and night. It's your strength. It's your power. 
So meditate on it day and night, and when you do that, you will succeed. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he's reiterating what Joshua already knows, by the way. If Joshua didn't know this, he wouldn't have been willing to face the giants before when he went and spied in the land. He knew this, but because of constant defeat, he has to be reminded. Constant failure, he has to be reminded. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, so notice that immediately as soon as God speaks to him, he did what he's supposed to do. He listened to what the Lord said. God said, I want you to do this. This is a step of faith. This is a bold move. You're going to do this. And immediately Joshua does it. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are going to cross the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. Then we're going to go down a few verses to verse number 16. This is their response to all the things that Joshua said there, but also in between. They answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. I imagine what Joshua's response was to that. Just as we obeyed Moses, we're going to obey you. And my first thought of I'm Joshua is like, okay, God, I'm out. Because if they're going to do what they did when they were with Moses, I got another 40 years ahead of me. Because that's what took place. When they were with Moses, they built the idols. When they were with Moses, they tried to do an uprising, like I mentioned. When they were with Moses, they complained all the time. They whined all the time. It was a very difficult path with Moses, which is why that generation never got to walk into the promised land. So Moses is, now Joshua's faced with the same people saying, we're going to do what we did with Moses. And God's like telling you, go. And you're like, now between go and they just said they're going to do what they did with Moses. I'm like, that's conflict, right? That's going to stop me from maybe making a bold move. And then it says this, that anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So now the people are telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. That wasn't the Lord speaking. That was them specifically. Um, they're, resp- they're responding to him, right? Only may the Lord your God. I actually didn't read that part. I should read that. Um, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we also obey you. And it says this. May the Lord, key word, your God. Be with you as he was with Moses. Here's the problem for 40 years. For 40 years, Moses knew God. For 40 years, Moses was being led by God. But for 40 years, to all of those Israelites, Moses, God was Moses' God, not their own. They never took ownership. So why do you not get somewhere? Because you don't take ownership of him being Lord. If he's Lord, then you do what he says, because he's Lord, he's in control, he's the commander, he's the colonel, right? But because they didn't see him that way, they built false gods. They complained. Remember when they complained? When they got out of Egypt? Like, this is really horrible. Egypt's chasing us. We should just go back and be slaves again. Right? That was their mindset. They were, they were constantly doing that because they didn't have the right view of God, which then caused them to not have the right view of themselves as God's people. So therefore, their faith lacked. And then they use those words, anyone who rebels against your command 
and does not obey your words in all that you command him, shall we put to death, only be strong and courageous. Like, Joshua, you be strong and courageous. The Lord just told him that now people who didn't have faith for 40 years are telling him that. Pretty wild to me. They did know, they were told that not, this generation would not pass, and as soon as the last person is, is dead from that generation, that they would then enter the promised land. All their kids and grandkids would enter the promised land. So imagine if you're like one of those grandkids, kids, you're like just waiting for the last person to die so you can go <laughs> into the promised land. Anybody go check on Jethro? Is he still alive? <laughs> he's the last one left. Can we go, go, go check him out? Right now we need to see if he's alive. If not, if not we need to do something about it. The promised land's waiting. So they knew that after Moses died, after that generation would die, that it was going to come. That was the promise because of your disobedience, because of the idols, because of all the stuff that they did. They weren't going to enter the promised land. Their kids and grandkids would. So they knew this, this would kind of happen, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a little bit of questioning, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of fear, right? This, the same giants that were there before are still there now. Right, the same issues, same struggles, same battles that you were afraid to face then, you still have to face now. Nothing's changed except for everybody's died except for your generation. Right? That's the only thing that's changed. Moses is gone and now Joshua is the leader. We all know the rest of the story. Right? They entered the promised land, they conquered, took a bold move, and everybody followed Joshua and they listened. And things that happened didn't happen under Joshua's watches, they didn't build idols under Joshua's leadership. They didn't get bit by snakes. <laughs> right? They didn't have, a lot of the things that had happened before were not happening because they did the right things. It's almost like their past, they, they didn't, weren't destroyed by it. Right? They were developed by it. They learned. I think maybe Joshua learned a little bit about the past and the things that took place. And when you learn about those things, and you start really reflecting, you're like, wait a minute, remember God did this and did this and did this, but then this happened because we were stupid, and then God did this and this and this, and then this happened because we were again stupid, right? You can learn from all those things. And you can learn from all, and they were developing and learning and growing. doesn't mean they got it because they still screwed up a lot, but they accomplished a lot, and a lot of great things happened. And now we're going to go to the third obstacle, which is comfortable where you are because that's an obstacle to you fulfilling God's purpose. That will stop you from accomplishing the things that God wants you to accomplish. They accomplished so many things, but there's a conversation now that happens in Joshua chapter 13, verse number 1, that says this, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. When the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years. <laughs> so, so first of all, imagine being told you're old by the Ancient of Days. This is what you <laughs> The Ancient of Days, the oldest, he's there from the beginning. He just told you, you're old. You are old and advanced in years. But this statement here, this is a powerful statement here. And a very large amount of land remains to be possessed. Joshua and the Israelites went into the promised land. They had taken a lot of land, but they didn't take all of the land. They only took a portion. And then they settled in the land, and they got very comfortable in the land. Because it's a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. It's relaxing. You got grapes everywhere. Remember that big branch they brought back when they brought back from spying with giant grapes and a huge, it was fruitful, it was beautiful, it was amazing. It, this, it, it's a great place to vacation. Even better place to live, right? You live there, you get comfortable there. And after this conversation, immediately God goes into giving instruction to Joshua on what he's to do next to go take the rest of the land. 
This is a powerful statement, by the way. Because what's happening is God's showing up. You've conquered. You've done amazing things. You, you listened to me, finally. You, didn't, you ignored all the failures of the past. You didn't look down on yourself anymore, but instead you looked to me and realized that I'm capable of doing all things. Because the reality is, you really aren't good enough. But I'm with you. And if I'm with you, then you're capable of doing anything. There's nothing you cannot do. You can accomplish every single thing that I've told you that I wanted you to accomplish. There's nothing you can't do. So you can accomplish all of it. And you went in and you conquered and you won the battles and you took part of the land and you settled. So now he shows up and says, Joshua, it's time for you to take another bold move. You've been sitting comfortable for a long time, and this has been an obstacle, just like the past was an obstacle, just like the way you see yourself as an obstacle. Now your comfort has become an obstacle. I've told you to take all of this land. He even gave him instruction specifically of what land to take. And here later on in his pastor, so I'm not going to read, he actually mentions those same places, from Lebanon to here, you know, that kind of thing. So he gives him further instruction. I need you to go and take the land. I know you're old. I actually had a conversation. I'm going I'm to share your story, Dennis. Remember the story? Dennis was getting tests done, and he tested him for a specific. He, he was going to. What you're going to get tested for a specific disease? And uh, the doctor said, "Don't worry about that. You're too old to get that disease." Because <laughs> some diseases you have to get by a certain age. If you don't get them by then, you're not going to get them. So, so I, I just wanted to share that because I thought that was great, and uh, it's better coming from me than from the ancient of days. That you're old. <laughs> like, it's better. But uh, the reality is sometimes it, we get to a point where we think, I'm just relaxed. I'm in a good place in my life. Everything's, I got a good home. I got a good family. I love my grandkids. I have two puppies and four cats. Nobody gets cats. Everybody has cats. Who has cats? Sorry. <laughs> they think they're dogs, though. They th- they th- okay, well, that's, that's fun. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, the bottom line is you get comfortable. You get relaxed. We could do that as a church, but we can also do that as people. Where I'm just comfortable where I'm at in life and there's nothing more I need to do. I can retire. I can imagine Joshua in this part of the, of, of the story is completely relaxed and he's probably sitting back and he's got great branch in front of him here, honey over here. Somebody's, you know, it's all there. He's laid back and people serving because Moses is the man now, right? He took him into the promised land. He's comfortable. But God's like, no, I'm not done with you yet. Like, Joshua, you still have breath in your lungs, and I never give a retirement date. So the purpose that I gave you is still there in front of you to be fulfilled. And I already told you I'm with you forever, and there's nothing you can't do without me. So get up out of your very comfortable place and go and conquer more land. And I feel like this is a word for the church today. First of all, God's with us. So why are we not doing the things that God's called us to do? I'm not talking about just, this is not as a church, this is individually. Like there's things that God's called you to do, there's purposes that God's put in your life, things that you've dreamt about. We've had these conversations. Things that you felt like the Lord said, go do this. And your, your past is stopping you from moving forward. Your way you think of yourself is stopping you from moving forward. You're like, I can't do it. God's like, you can't, but I can in you. Your comfort, if I do it, it's going to be work, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, i got to get out. I, I don't know, I'm just really good with where I'm at. 
Those things will stop us from accomplishing God's purpose. But for every single one of you in this room, I'm looking at you, and for the most part, except for the two that are sleeping, your eyes are looking at me. Some of you just laughed. That means you're alive. Right? So if you're alive in the room, God's purposes and plans for you are still in front of you. He hasn't changed his mind. We just got relaxed. I feel like the word of the Lord is get up off your, your lazy boy. I got a plan for you. There's a land that needs to be taken. Let's get up and take it. Right? Whatever it is for you personally, whatever it is for the church, we have to be willing to make bold moves in order to do the things that God wants us to do. Now, for us as a church, I'm not going to tell you yet. I'm going to tell you later on this month. We'll talk about some vision stuff. But there's going to be some bold moves we're going to have to take. If we're going to do the things that God's called us to do, we're going to say that doesn't seem normal, but we're going to do it anyway. Because the Lord said so. And if he said he's going to be with us, then we can accomplish it and do it. There's nothing we cannot do. One of the hardest things to do for a church, and I'm going to say it right now, not just for our church, just for all churches, it is really hard to stay focused on what's in front of us because of everything we have right around us. It's hard to keep moving forward and taking land. It's hard to keep doing the things that God's asked you to do and keep pursuing him and pursuing his presence and pursuing his plans. It's hard to do that, especially over a period of time like Joshua was dealing with. I am going to be 50 in May. So now 2024 started, I'm like in my 50 year. And I'm thinking to myself, I already, at 50 years old, get tired. Faster than I did when I was 40. You got a long way to go. Yeah, I, I only can imagine when I'm tired. When I, get to, when I get to the age where I'm old enough for God, for the ancient of days to say that I'm old, I can't imagine how tired I'll be. <laughs> but, uh, but right now, I get tired pretty quickly. I'm doing a lot of stuff all the time, but I get tired, mentally tired. And it's like, I can imagine doing, but I feel like the Lord is saying, even to me, keep marching forward. There's land to take. You might see 4,000 enemies in front of you, and there might be only 80 of you. Who cares, right? We march forward, and we march forward not just doing cool, fun things or singing good songs. We march forward with a mission and with a purpose and by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to accomplish the mission of preaching the gospel to every single person we come in contact with, right? That's the purpose of the church. And we will get creative, and we will have fun, and we will do, but we will do it with the mindset of, Lord, you are with us, and we're not afraid. Not afraid to take a step of faith. Not afraid to be bold. It is hard to be bold nowadays. You say the wrong thing, and you will get it from somebody else. It's not as bad as it was there back then, though. Back in Jesus' time, if you were to say the wrong thing, that might kill you. Now they'll just say a few bad words to you. How many of us can handle a few bad words for the gospel? That's, that's the first step in getting to the place where you're finally ready to say a few good things for the Lord in order to die for Him. Because that's what we're required to do, is to be willing to die for Him in order to preach the gospel. 
But this is the mission. mission of the church is to move forward, to preach the gospel, and to have faith that when the Lord gives direction and tells you, I want you to do this, even if it seems crazy and wild and maybe outside of your elements and bold, like this was bold, in my opinion. Joshua saw all the stuff. It was bold to say, okay, now all of you people, come on, let's go. It was bold of Gideon to say, 300? Yeah, we could do this because God said so, right? Same true with us as a church, same true as you and me as individuals. Do not, in 2024, I'm going to tell you right now, some of you, God is going to say specific things to you for your life. I want you to do this. And you're going to have to begin to look at it, and it's going to be bold. And it's going to be like, you're going to, you're going to, your, your comfort will be challenged. But in the end of the day, if you operate in that bold faith and trust the Lord completely, you will see God move and do incredible things that, that would have never happened that will be 10 times better than what you're holding. Because sometimes it's what we have that makes the risk really hard. Because I like what I have. And if I do this, I'm gonna, it's a risk. That's okay. Lay it all on the line anyway. I heard uh, these interviews with kids. I'm going to end with this. I heard these interviews with kids who are playing a football game tomorrow night. And you're, they're asking them questions because they just now beat Alabama for the first time and beat the SEC team in the playoffs, won their first playoff game. And you think that these kids would be because they're kids. You think that they would be like just distracted and thinking about all that and celebrating that. And you hear kids saying, nope, this is it. The other game doesn't matter. This is the game that matters. We're going to lay it all in a line. We're going to risk everything. And it's a football game. Like in the grand scheme of things, it was nice to go to the game and see them win. But it has literally no real value in my life overall. It was cool, but it didn't save me. It was cool, but, but yeah, they're willing to say, I'm going to lay, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to throw our bodies around. We're going to take the beating. We're going to give the beating. We're going to do all those kind of things because this is it. This is our last game. And I'm saying to us that for some of us, this is our last opportunity to be bold in our faith because maybe some of us are old, even according to the ancient of days. Some of us are getting there. <laughs> I don't know how much time I have. I just know this, with time I have left, even if I could walk out of here and die in a week, because you never know, like you could be 15 and your last day could be that next week. Just because you're not old in God's eyes <laughs> doesn't mean that you have a long time left. So the time that we have in front of us should be spent preaching the gospel, loving people, being bold in faith, being faithful and obedient to him. And my promise to you is this, that for us individually and us as a church, if we are willing to lay it all down for the kingdom, if we're willing to be bold and operate by faith, not by what we see, we will see incredible things in 2024, personally and as a church body. Amen? Amen. You come on. I'm just going to play. Um, I'm going to pray in closing, but if you, for any reason, want prayer, um, if maybe if elders, Joshua, if you guys want to come up and pray um, with anybody who needs prayer. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I have a very hard time getting over my pastor. I have a very hard time with self-confidence. I don't think I'm capable. Or maybe you're just comfortable and you need God to shake you. <laughs> like all of those things are really good things that we can pray for you um, regarding maybe God wants to do something great in you in 2024 and you need to overcome some things. And so if you need prayer, I want you to come forward and we'll be up here wait, waiting to pray with you. Um, I'll close in prayer now. Lord, we thank you right now for your amazing love for us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you chose to walk with us, that we can have a relationship with you, and that you're willing to use us, Lord. Sometimes I am baffled by that, Lord. I'm sometimes perplexed with the idea that you decide that you want to use me to do anything. I know me, so I feel like it's crazy that you want to use me. 
but Lord, you do anyway. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to know you, to walk with you, Lord. Pray today for everyone here. Lord, I know that some of us have had different reasons why maybe we have not pursued the things that you put in our heart, some for years. Some people had the things in our heart for years and have not pursued them for different reasons. I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would remove those obstacles today in Jesus' name within the mind, because that's where it's at. And Lord, that we would walk in faith and step out in faith and trust you that we would be able to accomplish the great things that you have for us, Lord. That we would be able to see people change and transformed as we operate in obedience. That we would be blessed to be a blessing, Lord. And that your church would rise up right now in this time, 80 strong, whatever it is. And that as we march forward, Lord, that you would tear down strongholds. Lord, that you would fight battles for us. And that we'd see people saved, Lord. By the thousands, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for any reason, we're up here, ready to pray with you.